tax tax, which is always exciting. GST reform. That's a great idea. Um, more efficient tax. Due diligence now. Hello, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Tax Wrap, episode 28. My name is Nathan Hewitt, and we're joined by Lisa and Andy. How are we doing, guys? Oh, I'm doing great, Nathan. Good, thanks, Nathan. It's good to be here. Now, this week, we're going to go through the tox, top, top five tax planning tips. Now, just before the podcast, we were talking about how best to uh, make the end of financial year into something that people like to talk about because it's quite a nerve-wracking time and it's a time where people get understandably quite confused because uh, there's a lot of stuff to cover off and also a lot of stuff they need to do to make the most of your tax refund. And that's what we're going to be going through today. So some things that you need to be aware of, some things that you have to do, and we've whittled it down to five. Number five being pay for everything in June. So Andy, please explain. Yeah, that's right, Nathan. Um, I'm pretty sure that you've got your subscription to taxpayers. Uh, so, and so we all think sorted. All <laughs> sorted. Well all done. Well all done, right. Nathan. Now, for a lot of subscriptions and a lot of uh, prepaid expenses that you might make at the end of the year for individuals, you can have an immediate deduction for those prepaid expenses. So things such as your membership, say, to taxpayers, or your mem- all your other professional memberships. If you pay them before 30 June, you can get uh, an immediate deduction for it this particular income year. So, so I'm pretty sure everybody out there out there uh, will be putting these things on your credit card. That's when it's deemed to be incurred. So, so just just a tip out there: pay before 30 June. That's that's the one thing you should know. Well, that's pretty straightforward. So that pertains only to professional memberships. Now it's a, it's a whole range of uh, not only memberships but anything that's essentially what they refer to as a prepayment. So if you're prepaid okay. for expenses that cover the next 12 months, yep. then you're entitled to a deduction in your capacity as an individual. Or, okay. it, or it could be any expenses that um, are linked to your accessible income. So say you've got a rental property yep. and it needs a repair, you might think, well, let's do it in June instead of July because I can get the deduction now where I would have to wait 12 months if I did it in July. So okay. you're just going to bring it forward if you can. Yeah, it's a smart thing to do. Yeah. Next one, number four, check your CGT event. So do you have any losses or gains? What are the things to be wary of here? Well, it's just that you might have traded shares or something like that, and you may have decided that you're going to try, you've made a uh, loss on those shares because they were going down the gurgler or something <laughs> like that, Nathan. Or maybe you've uh, made a big gain on, I don't know, your Medibank private shares or your Telstra shares. So it's always a good idea at this time of the year to look at whether you've made a gain or a loss and saying, well, if I made a, gossip, made a gain, I've got to pay tax on that. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else in my share portfolio that I might want to crystallise a loss on to, so you don't have to pay the tax this year? Conversely, the other way around, if you've got a loss sitting there and you've made a big gain on those, uh, you've got a potential big gain on some shares out there, mm-hmm. you might want to realise that gain now and then deduct the loss you've already got. So it's just basically optimising what tax you're going to pay this year if you think it's a good idea. Well, for example, Nathan, you might uh, you might be uh, looking to, to sell sell an investment property, for example, which mm-hmm. is subject to capital gains tax. You might say, "Hang on a sec, I'll just enter into that contract, uh, you know, in July, and so I can defer that capital gain for at least another twelve months until I have to." pay the tax on that. So that's another tip, uh, Nathan, so that uh, you don't keep on going into entering into contracts before 30 June. That's one where you want to push it uh, past 30 June. It's always nice to know that you have these kind of um, advantages. I mean, it's not something that a lot of people think about. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there with assets that don't know that they can have access to these really simple tools just to make sure that they're paying the, the tax that is advantageous to them at that particular time. 
And it's nothing to do with tax avoidance or anything no, that you all. hear about or Singapore slings or moving you, you know, <laughs> things offshore, Nathan. It's just to do with planning. Yeah. And these sort of th there's plenty of planning opportunities within the tax rules that let you do things like that to sort of shift when you're going to pay your tax. Now, number three, help debts. This is something that's close to me, uh, being freshly out of uni. If you're in your last year of uni, is it the case that you can pay, you can still have access to the 5% discount if you pay your help fee up front? Yeah, that's right, Nathan. Up until uh, 1 January 2016, um, people can still obtain a 5% discount if they choose to pay off at least $500 of their help debt. So, and and that's that's quite beneficial. So if Absolutely. you still have that help debt outstanding, you can, you can pay for it. Uh, as a tip uh, for those in their, uh, if people look at their help balances and you know they're within the last couple thousand, they might want to pay that amount off before they lodge their tax return to get okay. that five percent uh, benefit. So so that's another tip there that people can can look out for, and it typically it always applies in the final year. So you've got to check out your help balance. Okay. At the end of the. Uh, uh, for, for your last year just to see where you're sitting and then you can pay off that amount just before you lodge your tax return. I think, I think you can ring up the ATO as well and find out what your help balance is. That's correct. And like the other thing that we can consider is if there's anyone out there in podcast land overseas, yeah. you know, we know that there's there's going to be a little bit more uh, scrutiny on people that have run off to the UK to work and things like that to pay their help debt. So it's just a, another good thing that, you know, if you've got the spare cash, a 5% discount on your help debt is going to be better than you know 2% in the bank and you've got to pay tax on that interest. That's right, isn't it? The government has said that they're, they're giving people until a certain period of time to register uh, their help debt if they're overseas to yeah. to pay for that. So that's, that's something that was came out of the budget this year. That's correct. Yeah, the, I mean, from our discussions with the ATO, they've sort of said that they're working with the government at the moment and uh, devising of an appropriate model. So uh, at this point, it's a matter of watch this space. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, if you... Uh, I mean, your help debt is something that you have to pay back regardless of whether you're living overseas or in Australia. Mm. And if they can find you, but that's another story. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you want to make sure that you can get access to the 5% discount if you can. Yep. Number two, travel expense claims. Now, this is something that never ceases to confuse me. So oh. where do we start with travel expense claims? Take it away. <laughs> take, take it away, Andy. It's I mean, confusing for everyone. Yeah, I, th I think one of the things to note, Nathan, is... Um, that the tax office is looking uh, closely at travel expense claims. Um, sometimes, you know, people might, uh, as part of their work, uh, go on a conference or, or you know, um, or might, you know, as part of their day-to-day -day work, uh, undertake these things. And so, the tax office is looking closely at these travel expenses to see if they're legitimate, bona fide expenses that relate to what you're actually doing, and mm -hmm. not necessarily in relation to some form of uh, some some form of <laughs> junket. You know? so, so so it can it can be that way. So in in that sense, um, you know, you should be keeping some decent records in terms of all your work related expenses, but in particular your travel expenses, because they might say, Nathan, I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see your receipts, but also what I would like to see, particularly if you're travelling overseas or in excess of six nights, a travel diary and an itinerary, uh, itinerary detailing your uh, what your movements are okay. during that period. So it is it is very, very important in terms of substantiating that. Uh, we do hear from some of our members, uh, for example, that those uh, out in academia um, have been looked at in terms of their uh, expense claims. Yep. And so, because what, what, you're, what you're actually finding is that with some people, there are quite considerable claims. You know, it's in the thousands of, yeah, and absolutely. so
particularly if you know, particularly if your income relative to those expense claims is not as significant, uh, it is uh, a warning bell for uh, for tax authors. Fair enough. And sometimes, you know, the substantiation, as Andy's talking about, could be just the conference. Um, agenda that could be sufficient mm -hmm. and of course don't get worried it's not that if you tack on an extra two days you know in Vanuatu or something that you know for a holiday you're going to get pinged on the whole amount it does apportion quite nicely so it's just a matter of you know, if you spend the money and it's for for proper academic or proper educational purpose related to your occupation you just you can claim it but you've just got to make sure you can you've got the receipts and you can substantiate those claims okay and an important takeaway point is that the tax office has said that it's better equipped than ever to detect mm -hmm. um, if people are making exorbitant claims that are not substantiated, or maybe even if they, they are, they'll be detecting those sorts of things. So that mm -hmm. takes us to our final point, substantiation, making sure your records are in place. That's correct, Nathan. Um, one of the things is you can only claim it to the extent you can substantiate it, and that means having your receipts. Um, I was at the uh, one of the ATO meetings last week, and they were talking about that from 1 July, uh, 2015 they'll be updating their ATO app and one of the things that you can do is take a photo of your receipt really yeah so you can take a photo of your receipt it'll be saved on your phone so that when it comes time to do your tax return you you've actually got a record sitting there there so. you go I'm surprised yeah. that's sufficient actually I thought that they'd require yeah yeah it's it's one of those things that, I mean so, sometimes you have these modern receipts they tend to fade you know yeah, so, do, yeah. so when you go to the uh, servo and you know buy a few things and they give you a receipt you go oh geez I'll put that into the shoebox and then at the end it's of the year it's yeah. just completely faded so I mean there are specific things that the tax office has suggested um, where the law might not have caught up we were talking about this recently where the law might not have caught up with um, technology and mm -hmm. substantiation is one of those things they have accepted that a copy or a photograph should be sufficient however the law hasn't necessarily specified that so it is a administrative measure from the commissioner to mm -hmm. ensure that you know you can you can back these things up just for my own curiosity is it like a case of legibility do they look at the photo and go hang on we we, we can't make out exactly what this receipt is saying and that they sort of take that into account i guess i do yeah of of now they ask the question it sounds kind of silly but <laughs> it just seems strange that someone in the tax office is looking at it and going yeah that's a photo taken on a phone and, and that's the receipt and I guess we're going to accept that it seems kind of strange yeah, as long as it's legible and it's got everything there like if you're yep. claiming GST it says tax invoice and it's, yeah. it's off the GST it's very descriptive that way but I think it's fantastic the ATI basically said you know for ease you know take a photo put that in in your in the folder that says your tax returns and you know off it goes from there well that pretty much wraps it up for tax wrap this week folks tune in next week for episode 29 thanks a lot